Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that? in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it's Rivalry Week here, college football, the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's truly what makes college football unique and special. The Iron Bowl, Michael Lombardi, Alabama, Auburn, the Palmetto yeah. Bowl there in South Carolina, Clemson, South Carolina, USC, Notre Dame, the game, which is going to follow us here in Columbus at the Shoe with Michigan-Ohio State. And these these games, these rivalries go back to 1893, 1896, 1897. Your boy Grover Cleveland was in the White House. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Patrick. You know, and one of the things I talk about when I give out speeches as it relates to Gridiron Genius is I, I always, the great Beano Cook, who used to do ESPN, he was a PR guy for ESPN. They put him on. He was hilarious, very funny guy. And he always would say, look, you know, keep your ego in check because the Michigan-Ohio State game in the year 2050 will be sold out, and the kids that are going to play in the game aren't even born yet. Like, it's like <laughs> the uniforms. The uniforms are what make these games. Now, I know we've kind of doctored up the uniforms, but – does it matter who USC has on their team or who Notre Dame has? Those uniforms have such history of battles together that, and the the alumni are so involved that that kind of that kind of love affair with your school is the culture you need to the NFL to sustain success. And so, it, it, it's really that's what this weekend's about. Is these these Auburn Alabama in twenty five years is going to be sold out too? It's not going to matter. You know, that it's just born into your part of your DNA. Woody Hayes, Bo Schimbeckler, Symmetry. I mean, Woody wouldn't Jim- even buy gas. Woody wouldn't buy gas in Michigan. Well, I mean, you I know, he would, when he was driving around Michigan before they had crossed the state line, we have a full tanker. We ain't going. You know, I mean, it was personal, you know, and, and this rivalry, you know, because, you know, one of the things I think that made these rivalries so great was because of, the local recruiting, right? The, the now before we got into the airplanes, which I don't think people really truly understand. 
is all the recruiting was done locally through, you know, phones and all that. And so there were a lot of these kids playing against one another. So when you played high school football, you either want to go to Alabama or you want to go to Auburn. You know, and same thing with Michigan. You played in Michigan. You wanted to either play for Michigan or you want to play for Ohio State. Maybe you got Michigan State in your blood, too. You know that. And so it's, it, it's kind of like it's spurned from high school into college. And the localities of these schools made it even more popular. I have some intimacy growing up in Michigan of this rivalry, and I'll just put it this way. Once a year, my family, two sisters, a mom and a dad, would get in the station wagon, and we'd drive down to Florida. Well, when you drive down to Florida, you go down I-75. I-75 goes right through Ohio. And my dad would always joke right before we got to Toledo, from Detroit to Toledo and downriver, he would always joke, do you think we're going to get pulled over this year? Because we had a Michigan license plate. And that's really what it comes down to. It has everything to do with a football game. Nothing else. Yeah, a football game. Nothing else. Nothing else. And, you know, this will be – I'm surprised. You know, it's funny. They keep. They always keep this game in the 12 o'clock window. You know, I thought that You'd they like would move this to – You'd like to see it later, to, wouldn't you? You'd like to see yeah, it Yeah, I'd love to see the later. nighttime where people had a little bit more time to kind of warm up. Now, it's going to be a beautiful day in Columbus. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's beautiful, but, I mean, the weather's not going to be frigid cold like we're used to. So – It'll be fun. I'm a little worried. i got to be honest. I love Michigan and the points here. I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves, but there's a lot of people with you on it, and and that's what makes you worried. Yep. Over at BetMGM, Michael, the most tickets written and the handle all over Michigan, yet that number's jumped up to eight at a couple of shops, and I wanted to present it to you this way. So remember, Michigan hadn't won in a decade until last year in the snow where they ran all over Ohio State, 297 yards on the ground, six touchdowns, and a 42-27 win off to the Final Four for Michigan. But there had been dominance by Ohio State, and that forced Ryan Day, that game, and not being able to stop the run, forced Ryan Day to go get your guy Jim Knowles uh, over there at Oklahoma State. And that's kind of the difference here as we head into this rivalry this year. Yeah, it is. And, and and look, last year they didn't adjust to it. So, you know, they tried to play nickel against against Michigan base offense. And Michigan just said, you know what, you want to play nickel, we'll just run you out of it. You That's know, right. we're just going to keep running you out of it. And we're going to be tougher than you are. And we're going to be more physical than you are. And so, you know, I think Ohio State's got to be prepared for that. That's what I would be most concerned about as a Buckeye backer is are we physical enough? You know, yeah, we'll, we'll start the first quarter out probably really good, but when this becomes a battle, when this kind of gets in the center of the ring, are we going to be good enough? You know, and what makes Michigan so remarkable is, you know, they've got the ninth-best scoring offense in all of college football. They're the third-best relative scoring offense in all of college football. You know, but they don't throw the ball very well. They're 98th in passing. You know, they're 10th in the conference in passing. So they do it. They balance themselves. You know, they're very effective. They don't turn the ball over. They're the best turnover. They don't turn the ball over. They're third in the country in the least amount of turnovers, which is one of the reasons why they're so good. And so that's where – and they're 93% when they get down to the red zone. So they play old-fashioned football. And defensively, you know, we thought there might be a little bit of a a lull but there hasn't been one. The one of the areas where I think it's it's got to be concerning for if you're Ohio, if you're a Michigan backer is they don't force turnovers. They're 115th in the nation in creating turnovers. Mm-hmm. Styles make fights. This is a great Michigan defense. They're going to try to prevent a shootout with this Ohio State offense and those wide receivers. They want to run the football. Little concerned with Corum leaving that Illinois game with the injury, but he did return. Donovan Edwards, the other runner, he didn't play last week. I think they were saving him. We'll see. 
But let's back up just a little bit because you nailed it. And my friends in Michigan reminded me for, you know, it's funny. Life's a flat circle because we're back to where we were. What was it? 52 weeks ago in the same spot with Michigan and Ohio State, everything on the line, Michael. But the line of scrimmage last year, Michigan dominated. That meant mm-hmm. that meant just as much as the win, if that makes sense, because they beat up Ohio State. And that was a big story coming out of that one. No, no doubt. And that, that was the thing. Now, look, Ohio State, for all the Jim Knowles talk we have, right? They're, not, they're the fifth best defense in the in scoring defense in the Big Ten, not in the nation, in the Big Ten. Right. Right. And so, right. you know, they're, they're not exactly pitching shutouts over there. Now, where they're really good is they've been able to turn the ball over against some bad opponents. And, and, and they're able to, you know, they're the sixth best team in the Big Ten in their rush defense. So how good are they defensively? And both these teams could say, you know, they don't play a hard schedule. Well, I think that's probably fair, right? I mean, you know, they play a Big Ten schedule. Look, they played Notre Dame out of conference. That was a hard game. Notre Dame was probably should have maybe won that game opening day. But I think, you know, like the, the basketball tournament, all these games that these teams are playing, the, the, you know, in basketball, they're meaningless. It's, it's November. They don't really matter. You know, nobody knows what their team is in November. So when you're playing a game in September, your team's way different at the, at the end of November. So I don't know really how to judge. I don't know how to judge Ohio State. You know, I know they could score a lot of points. The wind in Northwestern was a different game, but I don't know how to judge it. Okay. Well, I know how to judge one thing. For as good yeah. as Ohio State's defense is, Michael, their red zone defense stinks. So let's go to the red zone, okay? They're, and again, Michigan's good, not exceptional in the red zone on offense, uh, but Ohio State just hasn't been very good. They're 61st in red zone touchdown rate allowed in the country. That's not great for a team that's number two in the country in Ohio State. Conversely, Ohio State's second in touchdown rate on offense in the red zone, and Michigan is exemplary defensively in the red zone. That could be the difference, you know? Could be, yeah. They're not going to be that's surprised, why I think- but... Go ahead, please. That's why you get with the number at eight. You have to take that number, don't you? Like, I, do you think course. Michigan's going to get have routed? A lean, if you don't have a lean, you have to take those points just because of the physicality. Uh, you mentioned I, how I hate to be with the side of the public. That's what bothers you. But I think to me, you're right. I mean, and and look, uh, this is. I mean, as good as they've played, and Knowles deserves a ton of credit for kind of balancing them up. The reality of it is, is they who have they played that you said, oh my God, that's a great offense. Now. They're going to get punched in the mouth, and and they're going they're going to have to respond to it. That's what I'm worried about. Are they tough enough to respond to it? Can they handle it? And then look, if they get the ball in the red zone, like you said, they're going to be you're going to be able to get it in the end zone against them. I last year, and I had it recorded on the, the YouTube TV, but I was watching some of it last year. One of the things that Ohio State seemed to be confused by is the motion and the pistol offense. I don't think Knowles's defense is going to be thrown off by that like they were last year. Again, it was just domination. They started to snow. They were just running the the ball now downhill. So uh, and, and it, the other thing is too Patrick, they didn't adjust to, you know, they had the two good edge never guys. Adjusted. They never gave their offensive line any help. Ryan Day was the classic offensive coordinator. You know, I got to get five out in the route. I don't care if I can protect my quarterback. And then, you know, I can't really make it. Because, you know, for him, the game plan against Michigan is the same game plan against Perdon. I mean, you know, we're going to play the same way. Well, they're different players on each team, right? To me, that's the difference. And, look, I know I know Day's team's 11-0, and 0, and, you know, he's taken over and done a great job at Ohio State. But, you know, when they've had a play to a level that's higher than it is – We'll see. You know, the Big Ten, 
the Big Ten needs to, like I think Illinois' development, the Big Ten needs to get a little bit more Southeast conferences, if you will, yes. to, to challenge this. Well, you know what's funny? I wrote down, it's been a quiet 11-0 and for Ohio State. They've got a Heisman contender in Stroud, but they beat Penn State and Notre Dame. The Notre Dame win is starting to look better, and we'll get to USC Notre Dame a little bit later, but it's kind of a quiet year for Ohio State. They've never trailed in the fourth quarter, even last week yep. when they almost lost their college park. Four games decided within, you know, I mean, it, like they're pe- they're beating up on teams as well, so they're scoring points at 46.5 points per, but it's been Probably. quiet. That Penn State game was a lot closer than the ten point that it, it ended it up being, right? You it know, was. there there was Penn State had the lead, and then then the next thing you know, things fell apart on Penn State. That was a lot closer than you think it was. Now some of these aren't really that close. I mean, you know, you know, it's like Mich- I mean, Michigan against Rutgers. I mean, they're trailing to Rutgers seventeen fourteen. Next thing you know, they kill Rutgers. You know? know, so. One thing about Michigan, they need this to stay attached because they want to wear you out in the fourth quarter. They want to punch you and win. And look, you know the difference of the game is they got the best field goal kicker in the country. They, that You just nailed it. I was going to bring that up as the X Factor. It's going to be 50 and sunny in Columbus. Perfect weather. We come back with the college football playoff rankings. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, horse racing today, and here are today's top horse racing plays from Express Bet handicapper Jeff Siegel, both from Del Mar. In the seventh race, Jeff has the three horse, Hong Kong Harry at 7 to 2. I like that name. In the ninth, Jeff has the five, Alligato on top at seven to two. Bet those races and more at first bet, Beeson's preferred horse racing app. And when you sign up right now, you get 10 bucks free, and then you use the code HORSE200, you get 100% match up to $200. It's awesome. We love Express Bet, been partners for years. That's vsin.com slash horses for details. Now, just remember, as we welcome you back, hope you're having a nice weekend. 
I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. Remember, even Oregon, Oregon State, this is going to be the 126th meeting this year. I mean, this is 126 (laughs) meetings. The NFL has been around for 100 years. Your boy Willie McKinley was out there flexing in the the White House. So as we welcome you back, it's just the the heritage is there, man. This is so much fun, Rivalry Week. It is so good. And, and, you know, people that, you know, like yesterday, Arizona, Arizona State. I mean, there was a sold-out, sell-out crowd out of Tucson, you know, to watch two teams, one that, you know, had four wins, one had three wins. But, you know, it's an in-state rivalry, you know, and and Arizona was fortunate to come out with the win at the end of that game. But it was fun to watch. I mean, all these are fun. Florida, Florida State was fun to watch last night. Florida, Florida State, Jordan Travis was awesome. It looks like... Tallahassee could be turning some things around there. They've got they've yeah. got something going in the right direction. There, those two programs should be uh, tra- trajectory pointing upwards for both Florida State and Florida moving forward. Okay, uh, we do know, a break. And, and look, we Go know ahead. the Southeast Conference. We know the Southeast Conference. You know, is always going to be good, and Florida will be good. But the, the ACC needs another team along with Clemson. You know, when Petrino was at Louisville, they had Louisville, they had Clemson. Florida State was good. The great Jimbo's offensive mind was there at Florida State, but you know, they need more of these teams to play better. 100%. As we get to the college football playoff rankings in just a second, we have breaking news here on the Lombardi line, something you may have heard, and that is Matt Rule, who was let go by the Carolina Panthers, uh, has been hired by Nebraska. No surprise. We heard the rumors. You're close to Matt Rule. Thoughts on him to Lincoln? Well, I, I think this goes back to when when Matt Rule was a Temple, right? And so the chancellor of all the Nebraska programs is an admiral from the Naval Academy. And and he had watched Matt Rule's teams go into Navy and was very impressed with them. And so now that he's running, he's running all the schools in Nebraska, you know, which means Lincoln, Omaha, all the university, he's the chancellor of all of them. Uh, he obviously wanted Matt Rule to be his head coach, and Trev Alberts, their athletic director, I think worked very hard to kind of put this deal together to get them to this point. And it's a really wonderful program. I mean, you know, you say, yes, it's in the middle of nowhere, and recruiting has changed, but I think with Matt's connections in Texas, that he's developed a great relationship in the state, that football is so important at Lincoln. It's so important. If you've ever been to a game in Lincoln, if you've ever been to Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, it's all it's a sea of red. People, the state is engaged, not just the city of Lincoln. The state is engaged in their football program. It's important, you know, and it's it separates everything else, and it gives people the mood that they need. And when I was growing up, you know, it was Bud Wilkinson, and it was against, you know, it was against the great. You know, uh, the Nebraska coaches, and, and uh, uh, I had Boyd Epley on the brain, but uh, Tom Osborne, the head coach yep. in uh, Nebraska, running the Veer, the Orange Bowl, all that stuff. So there's great tradition and great history at that school. And now that they're in the Big Ten, you know, they have a chance to, to compete because they're going to have to recruit to where they can get those players. And, and I think Matt will do a really good job. I think the thing that's most important is alignment. And for Matt Rule to be able to go somewhere and have alignment with, especially with the chancellor of the school systems, this Admiral Ted, uh, it gives him an opportunity to build a program. You say, well, he's not a pro coach. Well, the difference between pro and college is simply alignment. Nick Saban needed alignment. He didn't really have it in Miami. He got it at Alabama. I think the same thing's going to happen with Matt Rule. He's got alignment at Nebraska now. Nebraska football means something there in Lincoln and the state of Nebraska so much. When I was growing up, it was Tom Osborne, one of the greats of all time. He went from running the football program to running the state. 
that's how much football right. and the figure matters. It's, Remember, it's, didn't he get into it, politics so as important. well? It, they're they're building Patrick a hundred and seventy five million dollar football facility only. I mean, and this is a state that is this is a university that has no debt. The football program has no debt. I mean, Scott Frost just came in as an alum, and now they've broken tradition a little bit. I mean, the last the last coach that really did a good job in there was Billy Callahan, who's now at the Browns as the line coach after he left the Raiders. Billy kind of got it turned around. It just he wasn't a Nebraskan, you know, and 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 they were still in that remember when mode. And then they brought Bo Pelini in, who was more of a Nebraskan, even though he's from Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. Then he ran the course, and so now they've been on a you know a, a different program. I think they finally now have a guy that they can center their program around and recruit, and they have a really good chance to get the top quarterback in the country. Uh, is this kid uh, the, the center from the Dom, Dominic Raoli? His son is the top quarterback in the country. He's playing out yep. in Phoenix, Arizona, and there's a connection to Nebraska. So. We'll see how that manifests itself. Yep, He's got chance Lions, to get some generals. The He's old Lions get center. Generals. Yeah. He, yeah. You, you do, He's, absolutely. So, Matt Rule, Michael Lombardi, it's official. Nebraska, I know a good friend of yours. Look, it, it goes to show in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to be looking for another job. Matt Rule's a very good coach. He'll prove it there in Lincoln. We'll get one more coaching nugget in, then we'll get to the college football playoff rankings, which I see in front of me. Lane Kiffin, what are you hearing? Ole Miss, Auburn, is he going to jump? What do you think? <sighs> Well, I mean, I know that Ole Miss is looking for a coach. They've made a lot of phone calls to coaches. Are Would you be interested if Lane leaves? You know, Lane has signed an extension. I don't know if Mississippi, if Auburn's a better job than than LSU. Now, then then Ole Miss. Now, I know the Auburn people would say, but Auburn's a very politically in, intense oh, yeah. job. You've <laughs> oh, got to be yeah. really savvy, and that's not Lane. I think Lane would make would be a disaster for them. Because Lane wants to do Lane, you know, and when Lane came into the Raiders, he was immature. He didn't understand who Al Davis really was, and he tried to be Lane. and And Lane hasn't really changed over the years. And he's had some, he's been involved in some really good programs. I give him all the credit. Florida Atlantic. Then he went down there. He did a great job. You know, he went down there. He won games down there. He coached, and he deserved to get another chance at a bigger school. But every time he gets to one of these, the Mississippi, he can't win a big game. Nope. I mean, he can't win a big game. Never I thought for sure. Game. I thought for sure after he – I thought he would have come in and beaten Arkansas, you know, because he was going to just prove after the Alabama, and instead his team has fallen fallen way flat at the end of the season. So I keep hearing it's Lane, but I don't know if that's true or not. Lane on the planes could be problematic, like your elf on the shelf there. he The personality yeah, I, I, would be weird. It just at, doesn't – it's not – Auburn's all about – like Harsons was never the right fit. I could I no. saw that – from New Jersey. Like, that's just not going to work down there. You need somebody who understands how to treat the alumni and also coach football. Okay. College Football Playoff Committee this Tuesday dropped their rankings. Let's take a look, Michael. A two-loss team has never made the playoff. However, Tennessee, remember who were five last week. And Tennessee and South Carolina is a great example of you just never know in sports. This South Carolina team uh, had struggled offensively. Spencer Rattler had struggled offensively. I mean, he threw for 438, six touchdowns, and they dropped 63 points on a team in Tennessee that needed to win, and we're going to get into the playoffs. Tennessee is out. They dropped from 5 to 10. A two-loss LSU team jumps up to 5. And then you've got 6, USC, a one-loss Pac-12 team. Of course, they kind of control what's in front of them. They've got 
uh, Notre Dame today, and then they'll play in the Pac-12 championship game, probably against Oregon, maybe Washington, maybe Utah. But that's where we stand right now. One, Georgia. Two, Ohio State. TCU, four. Of course, Michigan will play Ohio State today, three. And then you've got LSU, five, and uh, USC, six. Let me ask you this question, Patrick. Say Michigan wins today. Mm-hmm. Say they win. Does Ohio State drop out of the top four? So Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan are big-time Georgia fans because they need to eliminate LSU. Because if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, LSU is going to be – LSU and Georgia are both going. both going. So two SEC teams. So those teams on the outside, USC, Michigan, Ohio State – those teams are cheering for Georgia to beat LSU because that eliminates that wild card, right? Yeah. I mean, I think to me, you know, like if you're if you're just at 15 and you don't have to play, like the Tennessee was in the perfect position last week, right? Perfect. I mean, they were they were sitting there and they've had and, and one of the things that I don't think has been public is Tennessee had a lot of dissension within their locker room. And unfortunately, Hayden Hooker's ACL doesn't help you. But a lot of dissension in the locker room over some licensing, and they, they're one of their best defensive players didn't play against South Carolina. They they had some real strife. They could they haven't been able to handle the success, and that's why I think a lot of the th- stuff manifested itself down in Columbia last weekend. But when you're sitting there at five, and you don't have to play a game, you don't have to play in a tournament. You're just waiting for somebody to lose a tournament game. So say Ohio State loses today. Okay, Michigan goes and plays whoever wins the West. I don't know. Is Wisconsin winning the West? I have no idea who's going to win the West. But, you know, they'll beat that team. That You know, and then they'll just wait for somebody to lose a conference game and they get back in. Ohio State and Michigan, the loser, wants Notre Dame to beat, obviously, USC to eliminate the Pac-12, and they want Georgia to beat LSU to eliminate the wild card. Then Ohio State and Michigan should get in, both of them, even the loser today. Rivalry Week. We'll come back, Notre Dame USC next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Black Friday to Cyber Monday. We've got you covered here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Become a VSIN Pro, an annual subscriber. And when you do right now, slash subscribe, go sign up because you're going to get 30 bucks in credit. Which you can sign, uh, which you can spend at the Visa store. We've got a bunch there. We've got the T-shirts, got the hats, got the mugs, got everything over at the Visa store. And we're going to give you thirty bucks right now. All you have to do is sign up. Visa.com/slash/subscribe. That's Visa.com/slash/subscribe. Okay, we welcome you back. Hope you're having a nice weekend. He's Michael Lombardi during the holidays here on the Lombardi Line. I'm Patrick Maher. It's rivalry week. Today is the best day in college football. You got Notre Dame USC. So let's discuss this. We just talked about USC an opportunity potentially to make the Final Four. They've got one loss. Here comes Notre Dame. Notre Dame's won five straight. This one's very simple. USC's defense is terrible. Do you know they're plus 21 in turnover margin this year? So many things. that they've how bad been very they, lucky. How bad would they be if they didn't have that? Well, that's exactly. But one thing I will say, they've got 18 <laughs> picks. Okay, so it's like not not all picks are lucky. Like some of that, right. you know, Alex Grinch runs, a, he, his defense is very aggressive. They're very bad, to be fair. USC's defense, they can't stop the run. And here comes a team in Notre Dame with Estime and that in that backfield that can run the football. We played this in our bets giving pick, laying the four and a half with USC. Here's the reason. 
Notre Dame hasn't seen Caleb Williams and company. I mean, Caleb Williams is potentially going to win the Heisman. And then you go Addison, Washington, Rice, and Williams, the wide receivers. They just come at you in waves. It's about Notre Dame trying to catch up and keep up with USC in this offense. Yeah, I, and I, to me, the, the play's really against the Notre Dame offense. And can they throw the ball? They're 113th in the nation throwing it. I mean, you know, I mean, th- th- they can't throw it. They're, they, they can't. They're 63. They've got weapons. I mean, I throw the ball to Michael Meyer all the time, but he's great. They struggle. They have no creativity offensively. And then at the end of the day, their talent level at the quarterback position just isn't good enough to play at, at this level. To play at this level. And look, okay, you said they've on a, you know, the Clemson win was a great win for them, you know, but they come back, they beat the Navy's a hard team to play. Don't get me wrong. I know they're four and seven, but they're a hard team to play. You know, Boston College isn't any good. You know, the North Carolina win looks a lot better, but does it really after State beat them last night? So, right. I mean, I think Notre Dame's a – I mean, Friedman's in a good spot. He's got to get better talent. He's got to get a quarterback and an offense that can keep up with some of these other teams. And today, Lincoln Riley's offense, I think, certainly can do that. I mean, and they've been able to, you know, find ways to win games. They they, they beat Arizona late in the game. They, they, they were able to find a way to beat UCLA late in the game as well. Drew Pine's not the answer. We're not picking on a college kid, but, of course, that's a Notre no. Dame quarterback. He ain't the answer. They're going to try to run the football. Here's the problem. They're going to find themselves in a situation where USC is going to score. They always do. It doesn't matter. They're going to score. So if Notre Dame is forced to throw the football, we just talked about the opportunistic defense and the ball hawks there with 18 interceptions this year in USC. Again, you can look to the over as well. The over numbers are staggering in this, in this, in this rivalry as well. So I'll get to you the total. But, again... The reason USC wasn't ahead of a two-loss LSU team in the college football rankings is because the committee said, we don't trust their defense. And to be fair, Michael, it's a defense you can't trust. You can't trust them. But here's where I think the difference in the game and why we like SC. So as bad as SC is on defense, they are the 12th best team in terms of getting sacks. They're the best team in the Pac-12 in terms of rushing the passer. That translates into those interceptions. And if Notre Dame has to throw the ball, which they have to in this game. Are they going to be able to protect well enough against a really good pressure? And is, is, is the quarterback going to be able to make enough tight window throws? I think that's the issue, and I think that's what makes this a compelling game for, for USC. Look, this is all about pace, right? This is all about style. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're a Notre Dame fan, you want this game in the 20s, you want to slow it down. You want to slow it down. You can't go point for point with them. But if, if you're a, a SC fan, you want this game, you want to get out, and you want to make Notre Dame play from behind, play a little bit desperate. The Irish 5-0 and to the over, their last five. The Trojans 5-0 and to the over, their last five. Let's take a look at the total because USC is involved in shootouts. Of course, the total right now sitting 64. You knew it was going to be a big one. That number's dropped from 4.5 down to 4 at a bunch of shops with USC laying it. I'll just give you an idea. USC beat UCLA 48-45. They beat Colorado 55-17. Cal 41-35. Cal in offense, you don't expect. They dropped 35 on them. The point is, Notre Dame's going to score. I just don't know if they can keep up with the track meet there. Right, and they can't make a mistake. You can't turn the ball over, right? You can't turn. You can't. You can't. This is a tennis match, right? You got to hold serve. You got to be right. able to hold serve. And your defense is going to force a couple punts. I mean, you know, that's what, that's what you got to be able to do. But I think... You know, when you go back and look at it, I mean, SC, there's the moments where against certain level teams, like Cal's offense has actually gotten better 
since Musgrave got fired. I mean, yesterday they were moving the ball up and down the field they on were. UCLA. Not that UCLA is a great defense, but they were moving the ball up and down the field on them. So, you know, I, I think to me, SC's got to pressure the quarterback. They've got to get him into some third and long situations where they can really take advantage of a, of a passing game that isn't very good. Completely agree. Notre Dame has won the last four matchups in the rivalry. Uh, USC matters here. I will say that. You know, we talk about L.A. and the laissez-faire attitude towards their sports teams. There's three teams that still matter here, Michael Lombardi, and no, it's not the Chargers. It is the Dodgers, the Lakers, and USC football, and then there's everybody else. That's it. Yep. And here, and it matters even in, in New Jersey. You know, I was talking to Thomas Gable this morning. Uh, you know, because of COVID and all that, I, we were very careful to not want to go over there. So we're, I'm doing it for the show from from my office, but you know, still connected to the BetMGM property there. And he's getting a ton of money coming in on Notre Dame, and we're seeing a ton of money on our board on Notre Dame. I mean, there's a lot of Notre Dame love out there. There is, there 100 percent is. I'm t- taking a look at the opener. I see most shops now moving to four. And remember, this opened closer to six, so the number has been trending Notre Dame's way. We're going to come, you know what, we're contrarians. We're going to come with bets given and go four and a half. We laid it with USC. Again, I think it's a score late uh, to cover. I just don't think, in the end, Notre Dame has that firepower to keep up with them. They're going to try to run the football. It'll be a fun game to watch. It'll It'll be be a a very fun game to watch. And Freeman's done a good job, you know, it, it kind of... A tough start to the year, obviously, for Notre Dame, but didn't he? he didn't I'm going to be interested to see team. what Freeman does. I want to see what Freeman does with his staff this offseason. You know, does he see the problems offensively that I see? Tommy you know, Reese. What is he going to do? Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to change Tommy Reese. What's he going to do at quarterback? I mean, look, you, you got to figure out what you want at quarterback and how do you want to play quarterback and what what do you need? And I think, to me, that's the fundamental question he's got to address this offseason. I will say this about Lincoln Riley, and there was a lot of buzz here in Los Angeles, him coming here. Michael, you know this is quarterback, this this is where the quarterbacks come from, Southern California. This is where they go, they disseminate all across the country. And Riley's going to have his pick here in California. I think he could build something pretty special. It's an attractive brand of offense. Uh, again, he's got one loss. He's 9-1 in his first year. He b- brought in a bunch of recruits. He's just a guy that can – he did it at Oklahoma. Uh, he's gonna, yeah. Things are looking now, good here. Yeah, now he's got to do you – know, look, he didn't leave Oklahoma in, a, in the perfect place either now. And plus, he took a bunch of players with him. So, I mean, now that they're going to the Big Ten, I don't, when do they go in the Big Ten? They're going to have to Two build years. a certain kind of team Not next year, to the following play. year. Yeah, they're going to have to build a certain kind of team out at USC to match that. But I think he can because what what I think the misconception is is the six-back offense that he runs is really you've got to run the ball. you got to run the ball in that offense. And and he can do that. That's what his always been. It's always been run the ball and deceptive passing plays. That's Lincoln Riley. Would that work in the NFL? No chance. Now, the six-back offense will work, but you've got to have a more sophisticated pass game than he has right now. I will say this, if for those of you nationally that haven't watched USC, they're fun. And this Caleb Williams, the quarterback, is special, the transfer he brought with him. And right now, he's your favorite, a slight favorite at minus 110 to win the Heisman. C.J. Stroud, your second betting favorite, Michael, at plus 105. Blake Corum, Michigan running back, is 18 to 1. How about Jaden Daniels, 40 to 1? Max Duggan is 40 to 1 as well. But it's going to come down most I, likely I mean- between Williams and Stroud. I mean, look, let's be honest here. I mean, Brian Kelly has, if there's a coach of the year in college football award, he's got to win it. 
Mitt's been an amazing job to go down there and take over that program and kind of get it to where it is at this point. Now, can he finish it? I think it's going to be challenging because Georgia stands in his way, but give him credit for what he's been able to do and get this program because watch out now because this program will recruit. This program's got players. This will be a top-four program the way he runs it. Kelly is a CEO. He runs the program. There's no denying it. There's a couple of regions you could put a fence around and win a national championship. As you know, Atlanta is one of those. You can you can kind of box in and recruit Atlanta and win down in Florida. But that Louisiana, that area down there in the bayou where we're going to head next with our buddy Carl Johnson, that's fertile. That's a, that's a rich area with a lot of talent, and he's going to do a good job there at LSU. No doubt, and it's going to continue, and he's going to keep recruiting, and it's the only way – the only way you don't win at LSU is you just make recruiting mistakes. That's where you lose if you pick the wrong ones. Or you walk around the town without your shirt on like Coach O and get yeah, fired. exactly. Well, we, we got to hold out that road. <laughs> this is a family show. We can't do Coach O this early on a Saturday. When we come back, we can do Chick Jack Johnson. We've got the Iron Bowl, of course. Auburn, Alabama. Where's the money? Where's the number? That's next. We'll head to the Bayou. Jick Jack Johnson here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about every time i refresh my dms it's 14 blue check marks of people i didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me hear that in all episodes of the nikki glazer podcast on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the nikki glazer podcast to start listening you're listening to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher Okay, attention BetMGM customers. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when they sign up at BetMGM with the Refer Friend program. Just sign up and sign into your BetMGM account. Uh, click on the Refer Friend program to send your friend a message. It's pretty simple. You send your friend a message, they get the message, they sign up, you get 50 bucks, they get 50 bucks. It's a great deal. Refer a friend over at BetMGM. You gotta be 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Speaking of Mississippi, as we welcome you back here, Rivalry Week, it's Rivalry Day, college football 
A ton to do. Iron Bowl, of course, the game with Michigan-Ohio State. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. Speaking of Mississippi, we head down to Biloxi, Mississippi, and say hi to our good buddy, Carl Johnson. He runs the race and sports book there at the Beau Rivage. And happy Thanksgiving, buddy. How are you? Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. We're doing good down here. Beautiful day. We hope uh, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed your time with your family. Uh, yeah, we're, we're set to go, man. It's been a great week. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and and Carl, any any what's the buzz in your shop there about the Auburn job and all the things that are happening in college football in terms of what what where they think it's going to go with Auburn? Hugh Freeze is it Lane Kiffin? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I I heard Lane is very interested in the job, but I heard something from uh, from actual Sean King uh, the other day that that made sense is that. Uh, and me and you guys may have heard this too, but is Leach is Leach going to retire? Is both these Mississippi jobs going to be open? Uh, you know, so that's going around too. Yeah, I, I, I had not I heard, heard that. that. The pirate. I had I, not heard that, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I had not know, heard that. And and Bruce yeah. Feldman just reported this morning, which I think is a uh, Colorado offered their head coaching position to Deion Sanders. So we'll see if wow. he takes that one. Yeah, so I mean, what I heard, uh, I heard that it's possible that both these Mississippi jobs would be open, and I also heard that uh, Lane was hesitant in this Auburn job. He wants the Auburn job, but um, he wants the Texas A&M job over the Auburn job if it's available. So that I think there's yeah. another carousel brewing here. Yep, there's no doubt. People are going to wait on that AM job. It's just going to have to – you're just going to have to wait on it, you know. But the problem is if you're at another school, you can wait on it. You can still go, you know. And, and the buy, your buyout, like Lane's buyout isn't very high, so he can do that. But, you know, if I were a and I, I I would kind of – you can't do anything because you're trapped by the money in the contract. Yeah. Our buddy Carl Johnson was saying he runs the race and sports book there at the Bow. He was saying USA England was even lit down in Biloxi yesterday. So you know this is a fun time of the year, and it doesn't get better in your part of the country down there. Auburn, Alabama. Let's get into the Iron Bowl here, Carl. I- I've got Bama laying 22. Obviously some juice with Cadillac Williams and Auburn, and I got a total right around 50. Yeah, we so we opened here 21 and a half and 49. Uh, currently, right now, we're at 22 and 50 and a half. Uh, you know, that's a lot of points in this game. Um, it looks like uh, both public and kind of a, a, a little sharp play is on Auburn. They're getting uh, 60% of the money, and the ticket count is about 65% in their favor right now. Yeah, uh, you know, Carl, so play this with me here. You know, I know two teams' losses don't get into this, but to me, I think this is a huge game for Alabama. I think it's a huge game for Alabama to kind of get their program back on track a little bit. Now, there's a rumor that Georgia Tech's going to hire Billy O'Brien. I don't know what he'll do with the defense coordinator, but to me, they, they've got to smoke Auburn to at least put themselves in their sixth in the college football ranking, right? LSU, they know, is going to lose, right? LSU's going to lose to Georgia in a playoff game. We think so, okay? So that, that, moves, that moves Alabama to five. And all they need to do is have a slip up somewhere else, and they could be the two team because it's, I don't know where you have them power rank, but Vinny at the South Point he has them still in the top four. So I think this is a really important game for Alabama to dominate. Yeah, I, I agree, and and you know uh, Alabama against 
the top four, they would be favored in, in just about all the matchups. So I think you're right. And look, um, and you had, you had alluded to it uh, earlier. I'd heard you say in some earlier shows that it's very possible that these teams that are not going to be in this SEC championship game are going to benefit greatly from it. Alabama, Tennessee, I mean, they could just sit back and wait and see what happens here. Yeah, there's Michael, no doubt. Michael Nail, it's slight, but there's still an outside playoff shot for Alabama, so they got to take mean, care of business. The one, the the one that scares ball. me the most, the one that scares me the most is Clemson. I mean, Clemson's sitting there with one loss. Now, they've moved Alabama ahead of Clemson, which, you know, you can't jump them. So to me, that's why I, I've gone down the Alabama path. If it would have been flipped, I think Clemson would have been in the four. Patrick's been calling that for the last, uh, after they got whooped by Notre Dame. We, yeah, we, yeah. we all pray as a nation that Clemson is kept out of the Final Four and their ACC championship game just got lessened, right, Carl? Because North Carolina lost last night, who they'll take on in the ACC championship game. But we're hoping Clemson stays away from that Final Four, Carl. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we are too. And look, I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want. We're going to we're gonna hear it from those fans there. But they, they don't belong in the Final Four. They just don't. Uh, there's a distinct difference in, in what I watch uh, between those three or four teams above them, I, I don't see it. Nope. Well, how about Clemson? They're hosting South Carolina today. What do you got on the Palmetto Bowl here? Yeah, big game here, you know. Um, so we opened 14 and a half, 52. Uh, right now we're at 14 and a half, 53. Uh, a lot of South Carolina people down here to, this week, uh, you know, they're playing South Carolina. But right now uh, it's an evenly bet game. Uh, the ticket count is in South Carolina's favor, uh, but this is one of those um, high money, low ticket counts. So right now, it's fifty percent money on Clemson, thirty percent ticket. So there is some sharp money uh, on Clemson. The shocker of the year was absolutely South Carolina, who had struggled offensively, dropping sixty three on Tennessee. At Williams Bryce. That was in- incredible. How about the game? Let's go to Columbus. What do you have? Michigan, Ohio State, Carl. Yeah, this is gonna be uh this is gonna be probably our or one of our biggest games of the day, uh definitely uh early on. So uh we opened Ohio State seven and a half fifty-seven. Uh we're at seven and a half fifty-six, and we have it juiced uh to a dollar fifteen. So it may be going to eight. Um so and right now here it's being evenly bet. Uh, we're looking at uh, about a 50-50 money in ticket. Where would you go, Carl, on this game? I mean, my instincts tell me it, sh- it should take Michigan, but my instincts are with the general public, and I know you guys have those chandeliers because you always are against the public. So, yeah. like, I'm worried about that one. Yeah, I, you know, I think some late money is going to come on Ohio State here. I I actually yeah. like Michigan in this matchup. Um you know, I like. I think that run game um, is going to give. Uh, I, I think you alluded to it earlier. They they're going to they're going to punch them in the mouth right here. And I like Michigan yeah. in this one. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I uh, put a jinx on Harbaugh, but every year I seem like I say you know they need to win. This is the game they need they need to win. They never get it done. I think he gets it done this year. I like them. You know what I do like, Michael, is all the tickets are being written up on Michigan yet. We're headed to eight at most shops from seven and yeah, a half. Yeah. So that we're 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 going the opposite way of tickets, which you like to see if you're a backer of a team like Michigan in this spot. 
Okay, next one up. I want to ask you about USC Notre Dame. This one's huge for the playoff implications as well. A team like Alabama wants USC to get beat by Notre Dame today, so they kind of clear the way. What do you have on this matchup? Yeah, opened here five and a half, 64 and a half. Uh, ticked down right now. We're at USC four and a half, 63 and a half. Uh, Notre Dame getting all the money here. Uh, 72% money, uh, 60% ticket count. This will be a good game. It is going to be. It's amazing. Game. The shop here at, at the BetMGM, Carl. The Notre Dame's getting all the money too. Everybody's yeah. betting Notre Dame. I think. I think California, the USC defense, is getting no respect. But the one thing they could do is rush the passer, and if this becomes a passing game, the they'll turn Notre Dame will turn the ball over. Yeah, you know, and I think for Notre Dame, uh, you know, for them to have a chance, you know, this is. You know, I don't think they can get in a track meet here. They got to keep this game. Uh, they got to run the ball, take care of it, uh, uh, possession. Uh, you know, they got to they got to keep this low scoring. I think. Hey, quickly, Carl. Rotation one twenty five. Oregon, Oregon State. What do you have on this? Two good teams. Two good years from the Oregon teams here. Oregon and Oregon State. What do you have on that one? Yeah, opened at three and fifty eight. Right now we're at two and a half, fifty seven and a half. Oregon State is another one of those uh, sharp plays, it looks like. Uh, 55% of the money with only 20% of the ticket count. Yeah, still questions about Bo Nix and his health there with Oregon, although he played well against Utah and threw from the pocket, which is impressive. Okay, Carl, enjoy your Saturday. Good luck at the bow. And what are we eating, bro? Yeah, I ate a nice steak last night. That was my Thanksgiving. Uh, Today I'm tackling some wings and some big old French fries. Uh oh! Watch out! Wings. My man is living his best life. Jick Jack Johnson on Twitter at the Bow Down there in Biloxi. Thanks, Carl. Have a great Saturday. Next, Matt you Eunice, have a college and play. pro. The Nikki Glazer podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.